Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to the Curse and Film Podcast. We are recording this on election day. You are listening to this when the results are in. So I'm going to have to do two different introductions and then you can just decide with, well, you can just, uh, you know, kind of feel whichever one you're feeling this morning. <laughs> so uh, version one. Hello, welcome to the Curse and Podcast. <laughs> version two. Friday morning. I am here with my best pal, Jenna May Holtz. How are you doing? Hiya. I am bright and cheery. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with that one. Yeah. Let's be optimistic. Good, good. I feel optimistic today. I'm feeling nervous. Um, okay, so uh, the film this week is Berlin Syndrome. But before we get into that, let's do our pitch. So, if, Jenna, if you had to lock someone in a room and Stockholm Syndrome them into liking a film that you mm-hmm. think not enough people have seen um, I need the ways that you would do that and what film that would be well it didn't take me very long to think up this film because um, even though it's known as being one of the worst films made um, and it's not got very traditional oh actually it's got one actor in it who's very famous um, and but not a traditional lead actor uh, I absolutely love it I think I would call it one of my favourite films of all time it's very hard to get a copy of it these days. I've got mine on VHS. And it's a little film called The Jazz Singer, starring Neil Diamond. I have never heard of this film. Exactly, Helen. Please don't do this to me. <laughs> so, me and you, we're just going to go around to my house, okay. which is it's quite nice at mine. You've been, there's yeah. fairy lights and things. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice warming environment. Mm. Um, you're going to come when you're a little bit poorly because I got into watching this film when I was really sick as a child watching it with my mum blanket times blanket times because she's a big Neil Diamond fan Um, (laughs) and basically you're going to come over you're not feeling very well and I'm going to go Helen I've cooked a lovely chicken soup for you oh Oh, yeah that would entice me the fairy lights are on you've got your lovely bowl of chicken soup and I'm going to say we're about to watch a film and then I'm going to lock the doors and pop on the jazz singer and what I'm also going to do to help you enjoy the film 
is every time Neil Diamond gets up to perform one of his classic hits, I'm going to do a dance routine alongside it. Wow. And these dance routines will be routines I made up as a child watching the film. See? And it's lovely. There's some of his classics in there, like Hello Again, We're Coming to America, Love on the Rocks. It's honestly, it's it's such an emotional is roller coaster it, this is film. Is it a film about him or does he star in it? No, he stars in it. I don't think it's really about him, but it features all of his music. It's truly remarkable filmmaking, some might say, and those some might just be me, but I think you'll love it. And how long do you think I will have to be stuck in your flat to fall in love with it? Um, I think it could take just sort of like the duration of a flu. So maybe sort of like five days. Oh, and it's just on repeat. No, 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 no. We do it once and then we put on Neil Diamond's greatest hits Mm. and we sort of sing that. And so like gradually you'll start feeling better as we're Mm. sort of singing it all. And then when we've really pumped ourselves, we'll put it back on again. You know? Yeah. I'll let you have a little few naps as well. Because okay. that's the kind of nice, nice nurse I am. Well, <laughs> quite unwell now. <laughs> um, so mine's actually similar. Oh, is it? Well, I'm not sure Eminem would like to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, compared to Neil Diamond. Oh, imagine if they did a did sort a, of album together. That would be nice. It would, wouldn't it? Um, so 8 Mile. I mainly bring this up because you still have my DVD. <laughs> That I lent you probably when we started this podcast. Yeah, it's about a year ago. Yeah. How's that? Have you got it? I've got it, yeah. You've got it. Have you watched it? I haven't watched it. You haven't watched it. So you've had it for a year. (laughs) You haven't watched it. Your punishment will be... (laughs) Okay. That I'll be like, Jen, come round for a cup of tea. You've been to mine. It's not very nice. It's small. (laughs) It's very small. (laughs) I feel trapped. Not a lot of windows. (laughs) Not a lot of windows at all in yours. Not many. I think there's one door. <laughs> it's one exit. No fairy lights there. So I'll and I'll be like, come and then I'll say, oh, hey, could you bring that DVD? <laughs> and you'll you'll be like, yeah, of course, yeah. And then I'll say, oh, just um, just gonna check that it's that it's still working. Not that you would have scratched it, Jenna, but I'm just gonna check that it's okay. Okay. Otherwise, I will have to charge you for it. Okay. And I'll put it on. And I'll lock the door. Turn off the lights and disappear you're gonna go where are you going that's a secret <laughs> is there a secret room in your flat that I've not seen before maybe mm. it would be amazing because it's a studio flat <laughs> <laughs> um, how many times do I have to watch it you'll watch it until you can rap lose yourself as good as I can oh you are good at rapping lose yourself yeah so okay or perhaps for the duration that you've had my DVD. Oh, God. So one year. <laughs> Honestly, though, I think lots of people haven't... I think it's just a good film, whether you like Eminem or not. I think it's a good film of um, The Underdog Rising. Well, I have seen 8 Mile before. You've seen it? Yeah. Why? I just haven't seen it for years. Oh, okay. And another year since you let me the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Well, I think neither of us win that one. Why? Just us. because no one can vote for us yeah maybe we should get our loyal fan base to tweet in which they'd rather experience we get get lots of comments we can um yeah who wins actually we should have been doing that for the beginning yeah it's more democratic yeah on this democratic day (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah um comment who do you think wins uh and what which one would you which situation would you rather be in 
So would you rather be in my studio flat? In the dark? In the dark, watching 8 Mile. Or would you rather be in Jenna's quite nice flat with fairy lights but watching this jazz singer? And with chicken soup. Chicken soup. I would serve no food. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we know who wins. So why did I ask that as a pitch? Well, because Berlin Syndrome, uh, the title is obviously a sort of dark pun on the idea of Stockholm Syndrome. And... um, it sees a young tourist get captured, basically. Mm. Um, sort of the film starts off as a quite sweet love romance um, and then very quickly turns sour um, when she realises that she is locked in. That's what I'm going to say. There's quite a lot of spoilers, I think, in mm-hmm. this one, just because it is a, it is a thriller and the way that um, you know it develops. So we're probably going to do a round-up... Um, just the beginning and then I will let you know when we're into spoiler territory yeah there's a lot to spoil in this one and so it'd be best not to listen to that bit if you haven't watched it yet so the two main players in this are Teresa Palmer who plays Claire and Max Rymelt as Andy um, the director is Kate Shortland and we're going to be talking about um, this kind of film this kind of topic obviously the idea of a captured woman has been used a lot in film and also a lot in kind of um TV dramas, anything sort of police related, um, that's or detective, that's nor- normally kind of the way it goes with things, and whether that makes a difference or whether this film has shown a difference uh, with a female director. It was written by Sean Grant and it's based on the novel by Melanie Joosten. Uh Jenna, just as a general kind of first question, how much did you know about the film before going into it, and what did you think after watching it? I don't think I knew very much about the film at all. I had seen the trailer um, and I was convinced that Kristen Stewart was in it because the two actresses looked very similar. It's really... um, And also, if you've seen uh, Personal Shopper as well, their performances are quite akin. Mm. Yeah, so I thought... So I didn't know enough at all about it. Um, I knew the kind of very basic premise before I watched it. There was a kind of one-night stand that went wrong. Um, I wasn't expecting it to go quite as dark as it went so quickly. Um, Yeah, I think uh, she's sort of locked up within the first half an hour of the film. So I was thinking, you know, where is this going to go for the next? For sure, because it's just under two hours, I think. Mm, It's quite long. Yeah, it is quite long. Um, So, yeah, when that that, uh, plot development happened so early on, I was exactly the same. I was thinking, well, where do you go from here? And I have to say that I did find a lot of the scenes, you know, uh, as dark as it gets, I did find them quite difficult to watch Mm. at times. So I would sort of put that out there now to say that um, this certainly isn't for everyone. And I think, you know things that show abuse it does show it in 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 quite a violent and it doesn't really shy away from showing it yeah i agree with that so i think i think i'd put that as a sort of warning out there yeah i agree with you and i think it but it doesn't just show abuse in like a kind of physical physical way and it doesn't just show the sort of um traditional kind of thoughts you have on captor and captee um i think it shows you that over a period of time relate the relationship between these two people the power goes between them at certain points and the feeling of um, like terror versus hope versus happiness at points in there Mm -hmm. which is also kind of more difficult to kind of reconcile with the moments that kind of actually filled with a little bit of joy Um, but it's interesting to show that 
that is there and that is a valid experience to have within it. I think it can be sort of seen as a metaphor for relationships and the the unhealthy patterns that we get ourselves into sometimes. Um, but obviously it's so extreme. Yes, absolutely. That... Uh, it, it doesn't work just on that level. It is very much a story <clears throat> of abuse mm-hmm. um, and violence. Uh, what did you... Uh, you mentioned uh, Teresa Palmer's uh, performance there. What what did you think of yeah, that? Especially, thought... let's sort of focus on the fir- on the beginning. The beginning. Uh, what did you think of her there? Yeah, I... You know, she's so easy to identify with in that opening sort of section. This, um, I think, you know, any girl that's travelled anywhere completely alone or maybe with a friend whatever foreign city where she doesn't know the language and everything's kind of new and full of wonder you she had this sort of almost innocence to her about where she was almost that I imagine she wouldn't have had at home you know back in Australia she's probably a lot more savvy but she's out of her comfort zone and she is looking for companionship at points and she's exploring the city in an almost childlike way and has sort of dropped some of her inhibitions and her guards down, especially when she meets Andy. Mm. Um, And I think their kind of whirlwind romance is very believable to get caught up in. Um, He's very charming, and he doesn't seem threatening in any way to begin with. Well, one review I read read described him as a uh, strawberry distributing ghoul <laughs> well, I think that was in the Guardian I can't remember that's very it. funny um, which made me so happy but he does do this this kind of you know again it could perhaps be seen as a metaphor the forbidden fruit mm. he is sort of this sweet man with a planet of strawberries Yes, but it, it kind of shocked me that he knew she would be um, a tourist anyway, that he sort of spoke, like in the initial section, he spoke to her straight away in English. She yeah, didn't... and she asks, doesn't she? She says, how did you know? Yeah. And how do you know I'm alone? Mm. So maybe he had been watching her for a little bit. Yeah. Unsure. And then we do see later in the film that he kind of repeats some of the same conversational topics oh, with people he's that got. that was one of the best bits yeah very creepy we can talk more in the spoilers about it for chills yeah but that he kind of makes the same mistake with uh with saying the wrong word in english and kind of i don't know if he kind of judges their response to how he says that as to whether or not he's going to pursue them i don't know very very creepy it's quite frightening Mm. but he's he's equally it's not an easy role to play this role and the fact that he can kind of make you believe him to be a, like, kind of a romantic lead for the first section. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, like, when... I mean, I, I knew slightly the premise of the film to start with, but when they're in the car together at the beginning, after their sort of little date, um, and he sort of touches her face, and you're like, go on, kiss, kiss, kiss. Oh, I was so <laughs> for them. Yeah. He, like, I kind of knew the premise as well, but I was like, come up. <laughs> Stop wasting time. It's, and there's lots of um, hand touching mm. and it takes it very slow, mm. which makes it really sexy, actually. Yeah, it's very sexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which obviously makes what happens uh, all, all the worse. Mm. Um, and obviously there's this kind of thing where she is saying well I can't you know I can't do anything with you because I've I'm traveling tomorrow like yeah. I'm going and then she what did you think when she because then the next day she goes looking for him even mm-hmm. though that's the day she's meant to be going elsewhere 
which when you know what happens I know I know but in like also in any other circumstances it's so romantic isn't it say that this didn't oh, happen yeah, that, no. you know it's like oh she changed her travel plans to be with him and I would have done it yeah I would have gone looking for him yeah I know that's why this film is so scary isn't it because she doesn't necessarily do anything in the first section of this film that you think oh no don't do that oh no which is actually great yeah because there's such a blame culture and, and victim shaming going on especially with situations like this and actually whatever she would have done it wouldn't have been her fault no of course no. and I know you weren't saying that but but yeah she it's so relatable what yeah. she does that you know there's never that kind of horror movie it can sometimes go into horror movie mm-hmm. territory just with how horrendous it gets mm-hmm. but there's never that moment of like why are you going into the woods <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like she's doing and you, you're kind of gunning for them yeah like. um and then like even the the their one night stand, the mm-hmm. the kind of first sex scene is really sexy. Yeah. And and the way it's directed, there's lots of um there's great like kind of lighting and mm-hmm. and silhouettes used and kind of very gentle touching. It's like a very gentle yeah, there's. I mean, it's incredibly sexy, and the kind of the, you're right. The lighting is really dark at points, and yeah. then things get illuminated. You're not quite sure what's happening, but towards the very end of it, you start thinking, for sure, it turns. Something's yeah. not quite right here, and it's not that it gets violent or mm. anything like that, but it's just ever so slightly controlling and a little strange. Definitely, that's when the initial warning bells. I think, and I think for her too, there's a moment where she's like. Is this okay? In yeah. her face. But it's so subtle. Mm. And it's so... So you understand when the, when the next day she sleeps in. Yeah. And doesn't, like, go running out. Mm-hmm. You know? Because it's like, well, this is a tiny moment and he's a nice guy. Yeah. And, and they do, you know, the, they're kind of talking about... There's a point where she says, I, I wish I could stay, mm-hmm. which is heartbreaking. Mm, I know. Um, And I think as much as I've discussed that that there are some very graphic scenes that I found really difficult to watch. I was watching the screener and I had to pause it at times because I was just like, this is mm. really horrible. Um, the, as much as it goes like on a big scale that way, it's almost the tiny little lines of dialogue which shows how good the writing is yeah. that give the really big chills. And I kind of wonder, do you think it was necessary to go as far as they do in in the depiction of violence um in a in a general sense in a general we, we won't sense get into yeah. kind of exactly what it shows but i think in general yes you can't shy away from the fact that that this would be quite a violent sort of situation to be in especially because i think she at the beginning her um anger and her fear causes her to be quite aggressive and quite violent in it um, for sure and I think it probably I, I think it was necessary because I think these kind of situations don't play out without some kind of violence yeah. involved in it and, and that's not easy to watch but um, there are points where she gives as good as she kind of gets and yeah. that's quite satisfying she's strong she's really strong it's a really strong female character mm-hmm. for sure um, I suppose it's just that question of like it's where you stand on the line of like what film like 
does film have a responsibility mm. in terms of like what it's showing and obviously there's this kind of term of like torture porn right with films like saw or you know where they kind of show things and and it gets very much like sensationalized and and you kind of wonder why are you showing why this? are you making yeah. it yeah did you ever think it got to that stage with this um, it's a really difficult question yeah. and I'm just kind of wondering about because it is something that I, I wonder like what is film's responsibility when in terms it. of showing these situations yeah I totally get that I get that I think film and all forms of art and mm. video games and all that kind of yeah, thing have like yeah. a sense of responsibility for what they're creating and that's why ratings exist and for sure and things yeah. like that Um I do think I don't think it ever got too far and I don't think it ever became indulgent or or kind of um gave me a sense of that that it was enjoyable mm-hmm. that they were hoping it would be enjoyable to watch this and that people would get anything more than just sort of abhorrent sort of fear or loathing of this man and the situation that he's put her in. So I it didn't cross any lines for me but I could, I can also see your point that it could. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I, I don't think it does cross those lines, mm-hmm. but I sometimes felt like it was getting close to yeah. them. And I kind of... Um, it ju- It's just something that's on my mind, I suppose, when these things are shown. I know that um, when Nocturnal Animals came out, yes. um, Victoria Corrin wrote a really good uh, article in the paper about her problems with that film. And... Um, if you've not read it, I really implore you to, to mm. read it because I think it's it's a very good voice in this debate. Um, but this is a different film, and I and I don't think and and it's very different to Nocturnal mm-hmm. Animals. And and the the problems with that film is it sometimes shows the the people the people after violent in a kind of a beautiful way. Yes, which the- is this film doesn't do at all. I mean, she looks dirty, yeah. and she says that she smells. And she looks haggard, mm-hmm. like she never looks like the beautiful captor. Yes, yes. Which is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we will get into spoiler territory now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just because, um, you know, the way it escalates, it... it there is lots to discuss. But yeah, two thirds of the film spoilers yeah. really, so it's hard not to, isn't it? Um, it's similar to when, and it's kind of a similar thing to uh, the first film we ever reviewed on this podcast, which was Room, and mm-hmm. um, which again shows a woman um, captured. Um, and actually, I want to talk about that in terms of the uh, what how Room deals with it compared to this one. Um, 
but if you do feel like a thriller this weekend um i do think it's it's really worth worth a watch if you feel that you can you know everyone has different life experience and and it might not be for you but um really well directed there's really good dialogue yes um it's very well written the writing is really on point um so yeah check out berlin syndrome if you can are we ready to spoil it i think so (laughs) so things escalate pretty quickly in that so what at what moment did you realize that he purposely locked her in um i think the first time and she was like Oh, have you locked the door? Do you like or whatever? And yeah. came back and was like, "Oh, I didn't mean to." I was like, "Oh no!" Right. And at that point, I felt very much like, "What are you doing? Don't like let him know that you know you're locked in here. You've got mm. to like play his game and not like because when she like broke the window and tried to get out and it was all reinforced and she realised there was absolutely no way. I was like you're you're doing it wrong you've got to play you've got to play in his like you've got to pretend it's frightening isn't it yeah because you you realize what i thought i was like yes break the window well yeah i was like don't do that don't do that you know you're stuck well i was like yes just break the window and get out and then yeah when it but why couldn't she then break the reinforcement was it because it was so thick i think it was really thick i thought it was plastic or like yeah um, yeah not actual breakable glass because i was like come on get out like do whatever you can i would mm. be breaking windows but then there's that thing of like well he's gonna know i've done this yeah which was frightening mm-hmm. i think yeah because co- actually correct me if i'm wrong here because the first time when he comes back and she says oh you accidentally locked me in or whatever is it flashbacks or do they go out together and go to a club no, no, they do go to a club. That's exactly it. So I would have been thinking in my head, like, oh, God, this man's a little bit crazy. You're right, actually. He's, I forgot that bit. He's locked me in here and he's not going to, like, I would have just really played the game, been absolutely fine when he arrived and then suggested that we went out or whatever and then gone. Ran away. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he may still have been like, oh, she'll definitely know now. But I would have definitely been playing into his hand. Well, there's a scene right at the beginning, which is where I said it can be... It's moments like this where you think this is quite a good metaphor for relationships and how mm. you can get trapped in certain patterns, is that she says, hey, did you did you lock me in? And then he kind of smiles. Yeah. And then it's like, no, no. And I think she kind of... And then she kind of smiles back. And I think she kind of, in that moment, because she doesn't know, you mm-hmm. know, she still thinks he's a good guy. I think she's kind of thinking like, oh, that's kind of... Well, that's you know, the thing, isn't he, it? He wanted to see me and... People get into abusive relationships not because it starts off as abusive. Right. It's a little thing, followed by a little thing, followed by a little thing, until that it gets to a point where you haven't realised how bad it is. Yeah. And, of co- and that's obviously how this starts. It's a little warning sign, followed by a little other thing, followed by a little other thing, and all of a sudden she is in this terrible situation. And I think that's where the writing and the way that it escalates mm-hmm. is, is so good because it is really relatable. And, yeah, and, like... You know, and then again, they they have really good sex, and mm-hmm. like she's obviously thinking like, oh, this is, you know, this is kind of like a fun thing to do. And then the next morning, she's she just makes sure she asks for her key, and he, yeah, he tells her where the key is, and she can see the key on the door on the shelf. So mm-hmm. she's like, okay, you know, I'll probably leave today. Yeah, 
And then it's not the key for the door. I know. Very scary. Obviously, I mentioned room now. Um, and obviously, in room, it's from the perspective of the of the little boy. Mm-hmm. And he is trapped in that room, so you only see that room. In this film, in Berlin Syndrome, you see her trapped in the room, but then it flips to mm-hmm. Andy, her captor, going out and continuing his life. And one of the things he does is visit his dad regularly. Yes. Um, and what did you think about the character of the dad and and kind of how that told you more about Andy? Well, I mean, the dad seemed to be a little clueless as to, to the kind of man Andy was. Uh, we also managed through their dialogue to get a sense that this is not the first woman that he's taken. Which is frightening. Really frightening. His dad says, oh, his past girlfriend, I'm doing air quotes yeah. here, was... Um, a Canadian, which makes you think like, well, that's the same thing, isn't it? And yeah. he sort of says, why do you always have tourist, tourist girlfriends? Yeah. Which is basically, you know, saying that this has happened quite a few times. Mm. And then Andy responds like, she's not a tourist, she lives here now. Yeah. Like, oh no. <laughs> that make, re- reaffirms the fact that she's not getting out anytime soon. He's not just ho- having her for a weekend, is he? And what do you think he thinks? Do you think Andy rationalise it, rationalises it in his head? Because I feel like he does. I feel that he doesn't think that he's doing anything wrong. I think he thinks that they're in love yeah. and that, that he's doing the right thing. And did we get a sense that his mother abandoned him from the talks with the dad? Oh yes, yeah. And so obviously he's got this fear of abandonment from women. And so he's unable to have, like, kind of normal relationships Mm. with women because, like, he could, you know, Claire likes him. And when they're having this talk, he's in in the bed the next morning, she's like, I wish I could stay. And she seems really happy. And, you know, you could see this playing out in a totally different way where she suspends going to um, Dresden for a little while. They have a really amazing time together in Berlin. She goes away. She misses him. She comes back. You know what I mean, though? But it (laughs) could. I know. (laughs) But he obviously has this, like, compulsion and and problem within himself and his attitudes and towards relationships where he fixates and needs to keep and and sort of own and squash these women to being with him all the time and i think he's just scared that she'll run away from him by if, by letting her go or letting her open you know open the doors and i don't think he thinks that he's doing anything wrong other than loving her and she said that she wants to be with him and so right so she he was like, but you said you wanted to stay, mm-hmm. so what's the problem? Yeah. Which is horrendous, really. Mm-hmm. Um, jigsaw puzzle moment. Mm. Oh, God. So she gets out at one point. She gets out the door doing a jigsaw puzzle. She starts, actually, to sort of play like she's happy yeah. there because she's found a screwdriver. Oh, Andy, help me pop this piece in. Wham! Screwdriver in your, in your hand. Yeah. And I was like, yes! Come on, girl. Go on, girl. Get out. And then she grabs the key and she gets out and she's running down the stairs. Yes, 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 yes. And she falls over. Oh. And he's managed to get free. Oh, I know. And then because the door sticks. Oh. And you kind of realise he's he, he's really trapped her behind doors and doors and doors. Yeah, where he lives is really quite spooky. And there's no one else around. No one else is around there. She never sees anyone. Because I was thinking, like, 
oh, you know, she should write a big sign that yeah. she puts up on the windows yeah. every day while he's out and then takes them yeah. down because people and are like bound to see them. it. Yeah. yeah. But there's you never really see anyone in the courtyard or anything like that. Um yeah. So it's in a in a we should say it's in a block of flats, but there doesn't seem to be anyone in any of the no, other flats. No, and there's no windows that point or there doesn't seem to be any windows that point out to the rest of the, the city world, or the yeah. world. They all point into this sort of central courtyard. Um apart from at the very end there's a man who kind of comes with a torch who she thinks that who she manages to get the attention yeah. of but Andy oh. is just behind him and unfortunately he is no longer for this world. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to talk about is uh, is um, this noise, <laughs> which is the worst noise in the whole film, <laughs> <laughs> because he has this weird nail fetish where he likes to cut nails and. But um, Claire is kind of picking at her nails mm-hmm. a lot of the time, and the mu- use of music is fantastic. Mm. And sometimes it's literally just this. Oh, Helen, you're creeping me out. Well, how clever is that yeah. in terms of construction of story? Mm-hmm. And like tiny little details. Oh, it was terrifying. That was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. <laughs> it was pretty scary. And the more we're talking about it, the more I keep thinking like, and this happened, and then that happened. Like, like the dog. Like the dog. Well, the dad dies. Dad dies. And then he creepily cuts his dad's toenails. Yeah. Um, then the, brings the dog. Just to l- then lose the dog to show the dog was free. Yeah. It's very manipulative. Um, and then obviously there's the scene in the woods where he takes her out. I know, but only via the boot. Yeah. And then, so when they're in the woods, right? Yeah. And he's got the axe. Yeah. Is he going to hit her with it before those little boys come? Um, Possibly, Because yeah. I thought he was going to kill her yeah. at that point. Yeah, I think that was his plan. Yeah. So, she's, because, and then later he reads in the paper that there's a tourist missing. Yeah. And that's, that's his decision. And he kind of looks at the paper like, oh, again, like the yeah. papers have found out. And I think that's when he decides that he has to kill her. Mm. But I, and the, so there's two little boys in the woods where he thinks they'll be completely deserted and then their mum comes. Mm. I just couldn't believe she didn't run with them. And I know he looks at her like, don't you dare. But I think because he picks up the axe and yeah. I think he's saying, if you run with them, I'll kill them all. Oh, do you think? Yeah. I think I would have done it. I don't think... I think that he was enough of a coward not to do that. I think he would have. Do you reckon? Yeah. I I can... And also, she doesn't speak the language. So yeah. she's trying to tell the boy, he's a bad man, he's a bad man. But yeah. he, and the boy's just like, oh, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. That's true. I think Which I would is, have taken my chance at that point. I mean, it's tempting, isn't mm. it? Very, very but scary. But he's got a... He's got an axe, that's axe. true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then Franca, Franca, the saviour of it. Yeah. So, so Claire, throughout this, Claire has also found a big lump of blonde hair mm. down the drain. So she realises that someone else has has had the same fate as her, mm-hmm. and um, someone the else Canadian is, probably. Yeah, nail varnish, and um, and she gets into this room that has been locked. Um, so he likes to take pictures of her and then he goes into this room and there's strange noises coming from mm. the room. Now, uh, the chair. Yeah. 
There's a strange chair. chair. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Now, is the chair a, like a, um, like a massage chair that he is using for other means? I have no idea. I mean, it's horrendous chair. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. this horrible black chair in this creepy room and he's got loads of photo albums of tied up women. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. I found that whole bit a bit confusing, if truth be told. Well, I think it's a power thing. Mm. So he takes the pictures and then he goes and... In his secret place. Obviously does some things mm. in the room. But the chair and the noise of the chair is horrendous. Mm very confusing I so Franca um, turn like so this is how she escapes basically is that Franca's this girl from school who sort of has a crush on him yeah turns up at the home and sees her she then um, slips a photograph Claire slips a yeah, photograph into Franca's textbook yeah because um, Andy is a, is a school teacher yeah which makes the whole thing even more yeah. scary um, Franca gets the photograph and then cycles to the house to save... Because she knows where he lives. ...to yeah. save Claire. Yeah. This is the whole bit that got really confusing okay. for me. Okay, So how did Franca get in? So Franca, I think, mm-hmm. Franca gets into the courtyard, mm-hmm. shouts, like, yeah. I know you're in there, like, I know what's going on. Claire then manages to break the window... With the hammer. Right, okay, okay. Because, and there's a box that Andy keeps um, keys, all of um, Claire's passports and everything in a locked box, but he's been getting lazy and has been leaving it out. Right, okay. And I think because he's planning on killing her. Mm-hmm. Um, because when when uh, he, because then he realises what's happened mm-hmm. and it's a chase scene and he comes, the box is in the courtyard with the broken window. Okay, okay, sure. Right. So then she has the key. Oh, so she throws the keys yeah. out. To, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got you. Got you. This is all making more sense Frankie now. Frankie runs up, can unlock the door. Mm-hmm. And then they have to... And then he's obviously right behind, mm-hmm. so Frankie has to hide. And there's a horrible moment, like Hitchcocky. Yeah, kind of... it's so spooky yeah. and scary, isn't it? Really horrible. And it obviously, you know, it's a weird kind of hide-and-seek game. Mm. Um and he leaves, he gets trapped mm-hmm. in the flat. And she locks him up. Yeah. And he's got no key. And he's got no one to come find him. Yeah. And Although probably his job would come, surely. Sits in his chair. Yeah. It's what he deserves, really, isn't it? Which is actually similar um, themes in Ex Machina. Have you seen it? Oh, yes. Ex Machina's a great film. Ex Machina's brilliant. So, um... Kind of, I liked that that he ended up getting locked in. Mm. What I did have a slight problem with, well, not problem, but question about, is that she's at the end. Is then she's just in a taxi, yeah, it, and sort of looks out the window and looks really happy. And I sort of feel like, like for example, in Room, mm-hmm. it does really well to show the psychology of yeah. what happens yeah. if if that's happened to you. Whereas, I mean, obviously, there's not time to go into that, mm-hmm. but um, I would have liked to have seen her maybe go to the police. Or maybe just end with her sitting with a therapist or something? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because that's what was so amazing about Room is that 
every time we're told this story, the person becomes free and then life is fine. Yeah. But actually we know from so many different accounts of people who've been abducted and been held for a long time is that the real hard work starts once you're free again if you've been held captive Mm. for quite a long time because Mm. readjusting to life after something as awful as that has happened to you is incredibly difficult. And so that was what was really interesting about Room. But also I don't think every film can tell that story. Sure, for sure. That's a very good point. um, so I didn't necessarily think there was time within this story to do that. But also I do agree with you that she that it's not necessarily good to show, oh, she's free now and she's driving off and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. I think I would have... I, I'm confused as to why the police weren't called by Franca. Yeah, I that's think true. if that had happened, if, you know, putting yourself in that position at school, if you found out your school teacher had this woman tied up at home, you'd immediately call the police. You wouldn't... Or tell your parents. It'd be, you know no way I'd be cycling over there to help and get involved with it for sure I think I think in terms of narrative it helps that because he's then obviously on the chase yeah after them like it ramps up the tension and the kind of feeling of isolation but in terms of yeah telling the story as it would actually happen yeah that, that is something that is a good point but um yeah it's very frightening and very well told mm-hmm yeah so maybe you could have seen her like maybe we could have seen her going away like in like a police car maybe instead and like the police get I don't know something like that yeah for certain just to show that the story's not over yeah we're gonna wrap up now there's one there's one bit that I just want to kind of like mention and it's at Christmas and she's talking about uh insects that I I guess are like crickets oh yeah and she's in this horrendous dress (laughs) (laughs) that she's obviously bought for her Mm -hmm. that doesn't really fit her and it's just one of the most amazing performances Mm. i've seen where she's um mimicking the noise of these insects yeah it happens and it's that bit was really really good she's an incredible actress they both are they are both incredible yeah people Um, to watch out for yeah for sure so that is Berlin Syndrome. Uh, it's in cinemas this week and also available on Cousin Home Cinema. Also in cinemas this week, My Cousin Rachel, The Other Side of Hope that we reviewed uh, either last week or the week before on the podcast, and Wonder Woman with Jenna. Oh, I saw it last yes. night. It was great. It's so much fun. I think it's a really great watch. And obviously, we all know it's great to be having more female superheroes and more women in the traditionally male TV or film roles. So, yeah, really, really, really worth a watch. Great fun. Lovely stuff. And on Cousin Home Cinema, you can also see um, Barbarian... In, they have a thriller section. Uh, we could call this this whole little section where we talk about Cousin Home Cinema further reading <laughs> so further reading on the film um barbarian home um barbarian homes <laughs> barbarian home cinema <laughs> barbarian sound studio uh with the amazing toby jones in the uh lead role this is a another thriller uh it's kind of like a horror but you this is a film where you don't see anything violent it's just done by sound we talked about how great sound is in berlin syndrome uh, I really recommend seeing this. This is one of the most incredible films I have genuinely ever watched and I'm a huge Toby Jones fan and he doesn't disappoint. Jenna, what's your further reading? Oh, well, mine's Victoria, which we have spoken about on this podcast many times. Um, it's one of my favourite films I've seen in the past five years, I reckon. Uh, also set in Berlin, also a bit of a thriller, got lots of chase, lots of fast pace, lots of not knowing what's going to happen. 
it's also shot all in one take which is no mean feat and it's so worth a watch if you haven't seen it already it's on Curzon Home Cinema you should definitely watch it wonderful so that is that's us for this for this week that's it that's all that's the end so see ya <laughs> bye bye I sort of it's only you and me I don't feel like going oh, doing the big goodbye Jen. I want a big goodbye go on then bye see ya <laughs>